Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Hey, next on the Teen Nation, thanks for tuning into this segment of the show. I really appreciate all your support. If you're enjoying the show, please go online to podcastmagazine.com and vote for us in their Hot 50 list. You'll see a tab to vote right there on their homepage. Stay up to date with our guest schedule by going online to nextonthetea.net. I really appreciate you. Enjoy the segment. Okay, now next on the tee with me is Champions Tour Pro Scott Verplank. Let me give you some background on Scott. He's from Dallas, Texas, and played his college golf at Oklahoma State, where as a freshman, he was a member of their 1983 National Championship team, and he finished tied for second individually. That year, Scott was named a second-team All-American. He would go on to be named a first-team All-American each of his next three seasons. Scott won the Big 8 Championship in 1984. He also won the Western Amateur Championship and the U.S. Amateur Championship that year as well. He was a member of the victorious 1985 U.S. Walker Cup team. He finished that event 3-0-1, including defeating Colin Montgomery 1-up in singles play. 1986 was a huge year for Scott. He was named the Big 8 Athlete of the Year, the National Player of the Year, and he won the NCAA National Championship. That year, he also became the only senior in Oklahoma State history to win four tournaments in one season. He was also the first NCAA champion to be named Academic All-American, which he achieved twice during his college career in 1985 and 86. He turned pro after graduating in 1986. He won five times on the PGA Tour, including winning the 1985 Western Open as an amateur while he was still at Oklahoma State. He was a member of two Ryder Cup teams. He has top 10 finishes in all four majors. He was named the PGA Tour Comeback Player of the Year in 1998. And you can now see Scott playing out on the Champions Tour, and I'm very excited to have him with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Scott, thanks for coming on the show. Well, thanks, Chris. That was quite a uh, introduction, and I uh, and I appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome, my friend. Scott, I want to go back at the kind of at the beginning, if you will, of uh, your college career, because as a kid from Dallas, Texas, and a top high school player in the state. I have to imagine every school in the Big 8 and probably in the country had to be coming after you to try to get you to come play golf there. How did Oklahoma State lure you across rival state lines? Well, it's kind of an interesting story. Um, you know, I grew up a, a uh, Texas Longhorn fan. My dad played baseball at Texas, and most of the people in my family uh, actually, all of the people in my family went to went to the University of Texas, um, and you know I got it into this position as a golfer that that you know I had the some of the best schools recruiting me, and I, I went on a visit to OSU and just I, I just I just fell in love with it because I felt like they had the best team and I felt like the best thing for me was going to be to play with the best players in the country every day. Not that Texas wasn't good because they were the second best team that year. Um, but it just turned out that I just felt like the fit for me uh, was in Stillwater. 
Um, I, like I said, I, I was born and bred at Texas Longhorn, but um, I have no regrets that, that I went to the best golf school in the country. Guys, you make a big impact right away on the team. I mean, your freshman year, you finished tied for second in the national championship. You actually ended up in a playoff for the title against Jim Carter. But you helped the team win the national championship. What was it like making an impact like that at that level at such a young age? Well, you know, I mean, it, it was a uh, – I mean, it was great because I was – you know, I wasn't really – I wasn't necessarily the best player on the team as a freshman. Uh, my my friend Tommy Moore really was, and Willie Wood was actually very good as well. Um, but just that's what we were there for. It was very you know it's very similar to Ryder Cup. I would say Presidents Cup, but really very similar to Ryder Cup uh, kind of camaraderie and and what you're there for. Um, and winning as a team is is ultimately um, as we saw this weekend. Uh, with with Captain Stricker and a lot of the young guys that played in it, you know, you just can't winning as a team is actually a greater achievement or it's a greater feeling um, as an individual than winning by yourself. And it, it just, you know, it's it just it's amazing. And playing with your best buddies and coming together and winning as a team, whether it's a five-man team in college or a 12-man team in the Ryder cup it's I mean, it, there, there's really nothing else in our sports that, that really even uh, compares to it. Scott, let's expand on that a little bit because you got to play on the Walker cup team in 85. You guys won those matches 13 to 11. You go two Oh, and one in that event, including beating Colin Montgomery one up in your singles match. What are some of your favorite moments from being a part of that team? Well, you know what, Chris? Anytime you you play for the United States of America, it is a it's a different feeling. It's a different event, and it's it's an honor. So, um, obviously, being on a Walker Cup team is the highlight for an amateur player. You don't uh, necessarily realize it at the time of how big a deal that is. Whereas, as a pro, you do realize at the time how big a deal it is to be on the Ryder Cup team. So um, it was, it, it's a, it's an event that was, gosh, 36 years ago. And I still remember everything about it. Um, you know, being, having a bunch of teammates, having a bunch of guys that I've played against all year long that are on different college golf teams. Um, and, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to play at Pine Valley, which is, you know, is about as good a place as you could ever play a Walker Cup. Um, so yeah, it's an enormous honor is what it really is. But, um, that was the playing on a, on playing college golf and then playing on a Walker cup. is It's kind of a great prelude or prelude to playing on a, on a Ryder cup team. So that's kind of where I felt the most comfortable. I love having guys that I'm pulling for and guys that I know have my back and they know that I have their back. Scott, your sophomore year, you follow up that great success by winning the Big 8 title as well as the Western Am and the U.S. Amateur titles. And that U.S. Am was played on your home course at the time, Oak Tree Golf Club. You defeat Sam Randolph 4-3 and three to win it. Talk about 
what it was like winning that big event and also doing so on your home golf course? Well, um, obviously, you know, winning the U.S. Amateur is, is off the charts, uh, especially as a young kid. Um, to be honest, Oak Tree was not my um, home golf course at the time. I'd only played there like two or three times. And in Oklahoma State uh, golf team fashion, the only time I'd ever played there was when the weather was the worst, like in February or March, where everything's dormant and the wind's blowing about 30 miles an hour. And you, you really you could barely break 80. So I actually hated the place. But I'd never played it in the summer. And when we got to the U.S. Amateur there, I, obviously I knew the golf course, but I also knew that I'd never, like, shot lower than, like, 78 on the place. <laughs> um, I went there in the summer and played a practice round, and I was like, wow, this place is pretty good, you know, because it was hot and <laughs> everything was different. And I was I had been winning uh, most of the golf tournaments that summer in amateur golf, so um, I knew that if I just played well that I'd have a great chance. But – you know, it was, it's funny because it is, I I still live here. I actually live on the third hole of Oak Tree right now. But at the time that I won the U.S. Amateur, I was really not that fond of the place. <laughs> Scott, the next year you did something almost unheard of on the PGA Tour, really since the days of Bobby Jones. You won a tournament while you're still in school as an amateur. You win the, the Western Open in a playoff over Jim Thorpe. And I'm curious, you, you had about a four or five footer to win it in that playoff. You roll that thing in. What was it like, first of all, standing over that putt, knowing what you were about to uh, potentially accomplish? And then what did it feel like when it hit the bottom of the cup? Well, uh, Chris, to be honest with you, I, I played better the week before in an amateur tournament. And I really came there not expecting to win, but but hoping to play as well as I'd been playing uh, through the summer in the all the amateur events. Um, that was like the fourth tournament out of five out of five that I won that year. I'd won the three previous tournaments I'd played in going to that event. Not that I expected to win that event. But I my goal was to play as good as I've been playing in the amateur events. Um, and just see where it stood up. And you know what? I just kinda went through the same deal. Didn't matter where who I was playing against or where I was playing. I was just like, let's just go play as good as we can play. We'll add them up when 72 holes are over. Um, and, you know, I obviously had a great mind frame, you know, or frame of mind to just play and not and not let the moment be too big. So, God, I wish I could get that back, but I'm a little old for that now. But, but you know what, that's the way that, that these kids now uh, play so good. You don't really need to look around and see who you're playing against. Just go out and, and golf your ball and uh, play up to your expectations, your own expectations, and see what happens. Scott, you also got to represent the country on two Ryder Cup teams back in 02 and 06. Both of those times when you were on the team, it was over on European soil. In 2002, we lose a close one, 15.5 to 12.5. Curtis Strange was the U.S. captain that year. But you were paired with a great friend of the show and Hal Sutton in the afternoon foursomes on Friday, and you guys go out and defeat Darren Clark and Thomas Bjorn two and one. You would later defeat Lee Westwood two and one in the Sunday singles matches. What do you remember about that experience? And in particular, what was it like for you going to the first tee and trying to draw it back in a Ryder Cup? 
Uh, you know, honestly, Chris, it was the, you know, I heard all these stories about how difficult the Ryder Cup was going to be on you as an individual as far as your nerves and all that stuff. And, you know, they had four ball or, yeah, four ball in the morning and then we're playing alternate shot in the afternoon and Curtis Strange had picked me, uh, you know, to play alternate shot, I think, because I drove it really straight, putt good, you know, blah, 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 blah. And uh, I I walked onto the first tee and just looked around, you know, and there's there's three or four or five thousand people there, and just put a huge smile on my face. Went it doesn't get any better than this. I mean, if, if you play professional golf, you know, I never won a major, so I do not know what that's like. But playing in the Ryder Cup is is something that um, not you know very few. In the in the big scheme of things, very few professional golfers have ever played in, and it is it is totally different than anything else you'll ever play in. And my attitude was it was the most fun thing I've ever played in. So, listen, I I got up on the first tee, I was hitting first, you know, Azinger and 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 Hal and and Curtis, and like, oh, you'll be so nervous, you know, just get the ball on the tee, and and I was I just started looking around, going. How could you be nervous? If you're nervous in this, I mean, obviously you're nervous, but I was like, if you're worried about what's going to happen, you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong spot. And I, you know, I piped it down the middle. I told Hal, I said, Hal, knock it on the green. I'll make the putt. He knocked it like 20 feet. I made the putt and off we went. You get to do it again in 2006. Unfortunately, you know, we didn't do well as a team. It was sort of, uh, what we saw this past weekend from the U.S., it was sort of flipped. And you know, Europe beat us that year, 18 and a half to nine and a half. But you go undefeated. You're paired with Zach Johnson. You defeat Henrik Stenson and Padraig Harrington in four ball. And then you go out and defeat Harrington again in the singles matches, one of only three singles matches we would win on, on that day. Tom Lehman was the U.S. captain that year. So I'm curious, based on your success that you had in 02 and the success you had here again in 06, but along the way, I mean, you're talking to Tom Lehman like, you know, hey, Tom, put me in, coach. Because I, if, if I well, get in a couple of more times, maybe things go the other way. Well, I would I would not say that things are going to go the other way because we pretty much got thrashed in that deal. But, um, yeah, I don't know. You, you know, Chris, it's hard to, you know, I'm not going to beat my chest for a Ryder Cup team. But I feel like I, I knew – what it took to be a good teammate and and win matches. Um, I mean, I was four and one in Ryder Cup, and unfortunately, Scott Hoke and I lost on the last hole to Colin Montgomery and, and Bernard Langer for my only loss. Um, but you just you just have to be if your mindset is right that you're playing for the United States, and this is not about money, and this is about pride. And, and, and your friends and, you know, the captain and your buddies that are on the team, then you put yourself in a position to play your best golf. Um, saying that, Captain Stricker did an unbelievable job of conveying that message to the guys this year. And they all just played their rear ends off, um, for each other and for the United States and for Captain Stricker. So, uh, that's what it takes. I mean, you, we, we obviously have the best players, 
or at least in my opinion, we obviously have the best players if you go all through the 12. Um, but you got to be focused on, hey, I'm not playing for me this week. I'm playing for us. And that's a hard thing to do to some people. Um, but if you get it, you get it. So, you know, uh, Ian Poulter is a great example of, of he's playing for the European continent and for all his buddies. So a guy that he's obviously a, a great player, but in that uh, format, he's, you know, he's almost unbeatable. So, Scott, to your point, I mean, we saw the emotional interview that Rory McIlroy did on Sunday where he broke down in tears talking about how much the Ryder Cup means to him and winning for the European team and being a part of the Ryder Cup for the European team. Like you said, you went four and one, didn't win a major, but you got out there in one of the biggest events that our sport has. Where does the Ryder Cup rank for you based on uh, all the things you got to do over the course of your career? Um, to be honest with you, it's the greatest event. I mean, just because I felt like, I mean, I was from my Oklahoma State days and given my heart and soul to us winning as a team, uh, Ryder Cup is just the greatest event in golf. I mean, I think it's one of the, you know, best two, I think it's the best event in sports, but it's definitely in the top two, three, four, five of any event in sports. It's just, it's so cool. Uh, you know, you're playing in a stadium. Uh, you know, a great example is was Bryson, you know, on the first tee in the singles and knocking it on the green with 10,000 people on the, you know, in the amphitheater around the first tee and then pulling his putter out after he hit. The other guy had, you know, the other, well, the Sergio. Sergio had hit a nice drive, but I'm like, that is, that is sport. That is, uh, and he wasn't being a jerk Sergio. It's just like, that's what it was. And that's what people watch sports for, in my opinion. And that's why you play, to have a moment like that. Well, the Ryder Cup is, the Ryder Cup gives 12 guys a chance to, you know, I don't know if show off is the right word, but to represent um, everybody in the stands, everybody, all the golf fans in the United States and in Europe for that matter. Um, how much you love playing golf. So it's just a, a, you know, it's the greatest, to me, it's the greatest event in the world that I'm sure the soccer people or the football people or basketball people might disagree, but it is, it is pretty phenomenal. Scott, you had seven top tens in majors from 2001 to 2011, including a tied for seventh and a tied for fourth at the 2001 and 2011 PGA Championships here in Atlanta at the Atlanta Athletic Club. Talk about what it was like to be in the mix at those majors. It's funny because I, I did, I did, I loved Atlanta Athletic Club. Um, I played really well there the or the whole week, but particularly the final round in '01 um, to get a captain's pick uh, for the what turned out to be the '02 Ryder Cup team. Um, and, you know, just loved it. And then we went back there in, in 11, and I was 47 years old, and I'm standing on the 17th tee uh, with Tegan Bradley. And I kind of was like, all right, I got to go with the flag. If I can birdie this hole in par 18, I could win and be like one of the oldest guys ever to win a, a major. 
And I hit it at the flag, pulled it about three yards, hit the rocks, went in the water, made double. Keegan blew it out in the middle of the green, made a 40-footer uh, for birdie, ends up winning the golf tournament. So that being said, I have no regrets about trying to win the golf tournament, but obviously I love playing Atlanta Athletic Club. It's, 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 as far as my pro golf career and majors, it's my favorite place. So, Scott, that begs the question, if you could get a mulligan, to go back and make a different swing in any of the majors or tournaments you played in, would it be that one, or would you pick one of one of the other ones? Uh, oh no, it'd be that one. I would go back and and probably hit the same shot, but just hit it a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of felt like, listen, I gotta, you know, I gotta make birdie here to win the golf tournament. Um, and I would hit the shot. I would just. I was so in between clubs, Chris. It was unreal. I remember. I'm not. I'm. I'm not the fastest player, but I'm not the slowest. And I just. I knew it was a. Or I. I felt like it was a. You know, a, a just a killer eight iron, and I. I went ahead and went with oh the three quarter seven, and because of that, I just pulled it just like, literally like two yards, and it didn't work out. But no regrets on that uh, at all. So that would be the one, though, because if I would have hit the shot that I was trying to hit, then I possibly could have won the PGA. Scott, what's on the schedule for you for the rest of 2021? Um, well, I just had uh, shoulder surgery on my left shoulder three weeks ago, so I'm pretty much – uh, pretty much done playing golf. I still have some uh, TV stuff. I've been working for CBS uh, for the last about year, just doing a few tournaments. Um, so I'm going to kind of follow up with that, keep going on that. I've, I'm hoping that my my shoulder surgery uh, ends up making it where I can play a little bit more. I'd love to play another two or three years of Champions Tour golf. Just um, and the guys out there, you know, are guys that I've known my whole life. They can still play. Competition's great. Um, you know, I think once you're, if you're a, if you're a tour pro, uh, for as long as I have been, you don't, you don't play for the golf. You play for the competition. And I would still like to do that. If it doesn't work out, then maybe some of the commentating stuff will work out a little bit. But, um, really, I mean, I've, I got no complaints, Sam. I'm I'm uh, I'm happy to talk to you on the <clears throat> on your podcast, and uh, I'm lucky to be able to talk about things that that were so impactful to me, and that people, if you don't get to if you don't get to um, experience them, it's still trying to explain how cool the Ryder Cup is, and and the Walker Cup, and you know playing in the PGA is. It's still uh, at this age, I still appreciate all that. So if I can help people realize that what they're watching is still pretty, pretty damn cool. I'm good with that too. Well, Scott, before I let you go, how can our listeners stay up to date with all the great things you're doing and follow you, whether it's online or it's on social media? <laughs> well, now Chris, I'm, I'm pretty old. Okay. So I'm not like <laughs> a giant online guy. Um, but I'll I'll do some more work for uh, CBS on some of the coverage, and we'll see where that goes. But 
I actually was talking to a buddy, and I was thinking about, hey, we should do a podcast and just just to shoot the bulls. But um, listen, if I have enough people that, that decide they're going to follow me on like Twitter or Instagram, then I'll start putting more stuff out there. Um, but otherwise, um, I'm sitting, I'm right here grilling steaks and uh, talking to you. So that's where you can find me. <laughs> well, I appreciate that very much, Scott. It's been great having you as part of the show, my friend. I hope we get the privilege of having you come back on again sometime. A lot of stories. I feel like we've sort of just brushed the surface of all the great things you've done during the course of your golf career. Love to catch up with you again sometime. Okay, Chris. That's not a problem. I love to, I love to tell stories that are funny. Uh, that's my, that's kind of my passion. So maybe I should be on a podcast or on something. Absolutely. But, you should. Um, yeah, no problem. I'll come back. Uh, I'll talk to you anytime you want. I appreciate it, Scott. Stay safe, my friend. All the best to you and your family. Look forward to catching up soon. All right. Thanks. You too. See you, Scott. That's the great Scott Burplank. And, folks, you want to talk about as great a college golf career as you could possibly have at, at his time during Oklahoma State. I don't think there's anything that he didn't achieve while he was there. And then to win a golf tournament as an amateur and then go on to, to win four other times, be a part of a a Walker Cup team, two Ryder Cup teams, become uh, comeback player of the year as well. What a fantastic career Scott Verplank has had. And like you said, you can hear him on TV every once in a while doing some analysis there. So really looking forward to having Scott come back and share more of his stories. Like I said, I think we just really started to scratch the surface. A lot more there. Hopefully we get the privilege of having Scott back on the show again real soon. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.